Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. We're so excited to jump into today's episode, but before we do, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hey everybody, this is Osama Dahoud here. I'm your host for this shorts edition of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history podcast. Really excited for this shorts edition to talk about the return of the super fight. The mega ultra super fights are back with Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spence Jr. This month in July of 2023 this is two undefeated fighters in their prime, two fighters that are pretty mellow outside of the ring, but they're world-class. The, the, the matchup itself is phenomenal. These are mean guys that love to do damage, and this is the best fight boxing can make in a sport where getting the best fights has been sporadic, but this is a return to form. And just to note, this is a boxing-specific episode because this is a sport that's heavily dependent on making big fights to get pay-per-view buys, to get awareness, to get attention, where the UFC has been putting on a bunch of big pay-per-views, especially in the last decade, more so than boxing has. It'll be on men's boxing. Women's boxing is on the rise. I'm not going to overlook that. We've seen Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor sell out Madison Square Garden in a huge fight last year. Clarissa Shields is amazing, the quote, as, as she's known. Alicia Bumgarner is a star in the making. She's looking great as a champion. Sienia Estrada is undefeated. She's very talented. Savannah Marshall, Michaela Mayer, the list goes on for women's boxing. I think it will have its time. But going back to, to just super fights in general, you know, has it always been the case that they've been missing, that they don't happen as often as they do, as, as special as they are? Is that really the case? Why, and why does boxing feel like a one to two fighter sport when there's still so many talented fighters out there? I think the short answer is it, it takes time for the sport to accumulate enough elite talent to make huge fights. You know, for example, the heavyweight division has always kind of been the prestige uh, boxing division because of the golden generation with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and George Foreman and Ken Norton, all these big names. But when that era retired, you basically had two Ukrainian guys with doctorate degrees, the Klitschko brothers, uh, that had the sport uh, in a Cobra clutch for about a decade or so. And so there wasn't really any huge American prospects until Deontay Wilder came along and you had Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, etc. Um, so this popularity of the sport shifted to Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, Roy Jones Jr., etc. But those three guys I want to mention, Mayweather, Pacquiao, De La Hoya, they all fought each other uh, but each fight was poorly timed. Mayweather and Pacquiao both beat De La Hoya in about a year span, 2007, 2008, and, eight, and those fights are still among the most watched boxing events the last 20 years. Uh, but Mayweather and Pacquiao, they dragged it out uh, for many years. Floyd was accused of waiting for Manny to get older. There was speculation Pacquiao was doing steroids. There was this rigorous drug testing clause and all this random stuff that just delayed the fight way longer than it should. 
it happened eight or nine years after the demand for the initial fight began. Um, now I'll probably come back to that fight a little bit in a little bit, but um, I want to quickly talk about what makes a super fight. You know, this is when two high profile fighters, usually champions, uh, that are undefeated or they're on a winning streak or they've been impressive in their wins, maybe a couple of knockouts, maybe some upsets, and they're just on a collision course. There's just no other fight to make except that one in typically the same weight class, and that can be you know 154, 154, et cetera. There are instances where fighters go up in weight. We saw Floyd Mayweather go up in weight to fight Canelo Alvarez, and even Canelo Alvarez himself went up in weight to fight Gennady Kolovkin a, a couple of times. Uh, so how big are these fights? You think about it, they're massive. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest of all time is Mayweather versus Pacquiao. They sold out 16,000 people or so in Vegas. I think they should have filled out Cowboy Stadium or something. Um, they did do over 4.6 million pay-per-view buys. It's the biggest pay-per-view in the history of pay-per-views. And it was, uh, to this point, eight years ago. Both fighters made over $100 million that night, $100 million to fight for 36 minutes. Uh, so the fight was definitely a financial success, but the fight was a defensive masterclass by Floyd. It wasn't very exciting. He barely let Pac-Man touch him at all. So we still got the fight. It just didn't really live up to the hype, but everyone made money on it. I think it was the most expensive pay-per-view at all time. I think it was $100 as well, but that's... Uh, neither here nor there. You look at the frequency of these fights, how often do these usually happen? So they're, they, you need like a window or a peak of some kind with a group of fighters in their primes to make these work. You know, in the 70s and 80s, we had the four kings, right? You had Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, all beating the crap out of each other for middleweight supremacy uh, you know more recently canelo alvarez has kind of been jumping weight classes between 154 and 168 which is completely insane he's a, 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 a remarkable fighter you know muhammad ali fought a murderer's row of middleweights excuse me of heavyweights between 1970 and 1979 cleaned out a division avenged his loss to joe frazier etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and even today though we do have a lightweight golden era right now with Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson, Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, Vasily Lomachenko. And there's also an up and coming Cuban uh, Olympian, Andy Cruz, as well. So I think we're in good hands uh, with a lot of big fights. And we've already seen Davis versus Garcia, uh, which I'll, I'll get to in a bit. Um, but when is it not a super fight? You know, you. I think what you can do is it's, it's, you can still have great high-profile fights, but the resumes uh, maybe just aren't there, or maybe it's like a comeback opportunity for a couple of guys that want to be contenders. It just needs a little, it's just missing that one piece to be that, that, that fight that gets everyone's attention versus just those are kind of really in the know. A great example of this was just a month ago, June 2023, Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez. Uh, this was a, a huge fight. Taylor was the undisputed middleweight champ. 
uh, or excuse me, I think welterweight champ or something like I get these confused, maybe lightweight champ, sorry. Uh, but he had won his previous fight against Jack Catterall. It was very controversial to say the least, and it really felt like a loss. He felt like some home cooking. It was in his hometown in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, and Tiafimo Lopez had lost his undisputed titles to George Cambosis about 18 months before this fight. And, and Lopez didn't know it at the time, but he was going through a lung issue during the fight that could have killed him. So he came up short, he had his moments, but it didn't work and he lost. Uh, this fight was free on ESPN and it was a huge fight. And Lopez showed a really surprising resurgence to win. He's kind of back to elite status and he's back in the mix for big fights. And there's plenty of guys out there, as I mentioned, in this golden era for him to go after. So it's very exciting. Wasn't necessarily a super fight, but definitely a, a wonderful fight, nonetheless, for fight fans. But wh why haven't they happened as often? Why don't they, especially lately? So I, I would say one of the main reasons why uh, a lot of boxing fights either uh, don't get made often enough or they're delayed or uh, there's some sort of roadblock that's preventing the fight from happening is definitely the boxing promotions themselves. Uh, and this could be typically when there are two fighters from opposite promotions that are represented by uh, opposing or, or competitive promotions that uh, are trying to compromise some sort of deal. You, you know, you, some of the main ones out there are Top Rank, which uh, is on ESPN. Uh, you have Matchroom Boxing, which is on The Zone. You have Premier Boxing Champions run by Al Heyman. Uh, they're on a variety of networks. They do, uh, I believe, Showtime, NBC, a couple places, Fox. Uh, you have Queensberry Promotions, which is Frank Warren. He manages Tyson Fury, Golden Boy, uh, which is Oscar De La Hoya's promotion, Lou DiBella at DiBella Entertainment. So these are some of the big uh, promotions out there. And they have their own interests. They are trying to be profitable promotions in a sport where, as fighters and promoters, you have a lot of control over what you can uh, negotiate in a deal. You can negotiate the venue, the salaries, the split of the pay-per-view buys, the split of the purchase tickets, the gate at the venue, the merchandising, there's like a revenue sharing, uh, rematch clauses, all kinds of things that enter a boxing negotiation. And especially when they're not the same promoter, you see a lot of delays, you see a lot of bottlenecks in the process uh, that delay fights. You know, famously, Golden Boy, which represented Manny Pacquiao, um, and Floyd Mayweather was, I believe, uh, at his own production uh, promotion. It might have been Mayweather Promotions by then, um, or Top Rank. I, I, it, it escapes me exactly. And there was like just friction between the promotions in uh, the split of the pay per view. And I mentioned earlier how there was, you know, drug test clauses and all kinds of random stuff that pushed the fight back. Uh, another great example is Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua massive massive heavyweight fight that could happen and what's happening is you know they, they pick a venue they're going to say you know okay it's come it's happening this year joshua versus fury in saudi arabia it's going to be in riyadh and it's going to be on pay-per-view and this is going to be the split 
So, okay. That's exciting. And then word comes out that uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be in Saudi Arabia anymore. I think we're going to do it at Wembley in England. Okay, cool. Wembley's great. Uh, the fight's just not happening anymore. Sorry. We, we, we can't come up with a deal. Tyson Fury is going to fight. Uh, he might fight, uh, uh, what's his name, Derek Chisora or something instead. He's going to fight Dillian White or, or whatever uh, replacement they start pondering. That's easier to make because the promotions are friendlier. Uh, it's easier to negotiate um, than trying to put Matchroom, which is Eddie Hearn's promotion, with Queensbury, which is who represents Tyson Fury. So promotions are a huge bottleneck. Uh, when it comes to making fights. And there's just so many interests at stake uh, when, as a fighter, you have to pay your um, your manager, you have to pay the promoter, you have to pay your training staff, your nutritionist. There's so many factors into that. And it's there's so much money in boxing. It is unfortunate that uh, there's a bit of splitting hairs when there's so much money out there. But this is probably the primary reason why we don't see enough fights get made. There's other uh, factors in, in accusations of corruption and whatnot, but I won't put that out there. I, I think that promoters are, are number one. You know, it is true that, that high-profile fights are not made often enough. I do think there's a lack of marketing with certain fighters as well. Uh, you know, for example, next week, it's coincidentally, there's a fight on ESPN starring Naoa Inoue, versus Stephen Fulton. Inoue is a pound-for-pound fighter. He's very exciting. Fulton is an incredible fighter. And there's also Robiesi Ramirez, who's a wonderful Cuban champion. Uh, And it's a crazy big fight. But it's in Tokyo, and it's on at 5 a.m. Eastern on a Tuesday, uh, which is problematic for attention. I get that Inoue wants to fight in his home country, but this is a tough one for the boxing world to follow, especially in the U.S., which is a big market. But numbers in, the, in Asia will be great, I imagine. But this is just an example of, I mean, that's cool, but I guess this fight isn't really being made for the, for the U.S. It's pretty inconvenient to get up and try and watch something like that. So th- there's a number of reasons why fights don't happen, um, marketability being just one of them. There's also a risk of, for some champions, fighting certain guys where Maybe the name isn't big enough to outside of the boxing world. Uh, maybe they're, these guys are a legit, a legit threat at a lower cost than another fighter that'll get them the payday that they want. You know, a, a great example of this is in the heavyweight division right now. Tyson Fury can fight uh, Anthony Joshua, and he should, but... The promotions aren't making it work, which is problematic. There's Alexander Usyk, who is a very crafty Ukrainian heavyweight. um, And that would probably not make as much money for Fury than a fight against Joshua would. So what's he doing instead? He's fighting a a UFC fighter. He's fighting Francis Ngannou. (laughs) So not exactly what boxing fans were hoping for. They got a novelty fight instead. And Fury is just looking at Usyk and he's like, ah, Okay, whatever, dude. I'm not. Uh, you want to fight me? It's going to be a 70 30 split. And he throws all these things out there that make it difficult to negotiate with. He just doesn't seem to want the fight. And this happens quite often in boxing, unfortunately. But nonetheless, you know, asking the question are super fights making a comeback? You know, 2023, you've already seen. Uh, Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia, and that skyrocketed. It was the most watched 
boxing match since, get this, are you ready? Canelo versus Triple G in 2017. Canelo has fought plenty of times since then. It took six years to break that record. Uh, that was a hell of a fight. The first two fights, classics. I love that, that rivalry. As a side note, you know, Canelo is boxing's biggest star. But he went for a time fighting on DAZN, which is a subscription service you have to pay monthly or annually for it. It was $150, I believe, annually. It's like $225, $250 annually. And the fights for a while didn't require pay-per-view. It all is included with the cost. But now for these big like Canelo fights and some of these novelty fights with Floyd Mayweather and whatnot, they're costing on top of that annual subscription. It's very difficult to get the value out of just boxing fans. And that service doesn't offer anything else. It was offering live golf for a little bit. If you're into darts, you can watch some darts games or something. Uh, but boxing was, you know, the boxing's biggest star was almost hidden behind a paywall. Um, they didn't have an option to buy pay-per-views on their business model. I think until he fought Dimitri Bivol uh, in late 2022 or, or something like that. Um, so, you know, it was just a bunch of boxing, but hard to get to get eyeballs on. And it turns out that's not a profitable business model for a sport that thrives on pay-per-view buys. He did, Caleb, uh, excuse me, Canelo did fight Caleb Plant on Showtime, and that did better than pretty much all of his fights on the zone. So he might as well have, it almost feels like he might as well have not fought there. Um, you know, but nonetheless... Uh, you know, let, let, I want to go through a couple of categories here of super fights before we close out that happened at different points. So you want to, if you think about fights that happened at the right time, there are plenty in the past that happened at the right time. Oscar De La Hoya against Felix Trinidad in 99. Ali Frazier in the 70s was amazing. Canelo Triple G to bring it a little closer to home in 2017 and 18, just classic fights. Uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, Ken Norton, Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, all happened at the right time. Riddick Bowe, Evander Holyfield, huge heavyweight fight in 1992. Uh, Eric Morales, Marco Antonio Barrera, massive fight in 2000. So there have been a lot of, you know, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns uh, versus Marvin Hagler. Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler. So these all happened in the 70s and 80s, those last four or so five. And those all happened at the right time. Now, and I would say Haney, or excuse me, uh, Garcia uh, uh, and Tank Davis definitely happened at the right time to undefeated guys trying to make a name for themselves. Now, there are some fights that also took too long to make. The top of the list, 2015, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. We covered that. No need to rehash. 2002, Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was very far over the hill at this point, and it was a pretty one-sided fight for Lennox Lewis. I think Tyson was champion in the early 80s, early to mid-80s, so this was just a long time with him in the sport at this point. Uh, 2008, Pacquiao, De La Hoya, and De La Hoya versus Mayweather in 07. These were just fights that happened way after <laughs> they, they could have happened. Um, so it didn't really make sense from a pure boxing perspective. 1997, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson. Uh, Tyson, again, had been in the game for a while. These two had plenty of opportunity to fight earlier in their peaks, but Tyson went to jail for... Um, uh, I believe assault on on his married his wife, 
Robin Givens. So uh, he did lose uh, some time from his prime, and they just never made that fight happen early enough. In terms of fights that never happened, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua is a massive one. Uh, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, that would be great. Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk, that would be tremendous. And even back in the day, Rudick Bowe, Lennox Lewis surprisingly never happened. And Lennox Lewis kind of had a great heavyweight run. Rudick Bowe was a mountain of a man and, and he was competitive. That would have been great. Roy Jones never fought Nigel Ben. That would have been awesome. Nigel Ben's son, Connor Ben, is a bit of a beast in his own right right now. And Eric Morales, who fought Manny Pacquiao 700 times, never got to fight Juan Manuel Marquez, two uh, Latino legends. And I just have a couple fights that happened too early. Roy Jones, Bernard Hopkins happened in the early 90s. That was, uh, I would say, Bernard Hopkins and Roy Jones have shown that they fought very far into their late 30s and 40s. It just happened just a tad too early, I think. Roy Jones, James Tony also was a was an incredible fight. I just think it happened too early. People were watching heavyweight boxing still at the time. And then in 2013, Floyd Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez. I think Floyd got Canelo just a little early. Uh, it's an incredible feather in his cap to have beaten Canelo Alvarez for Floyd. It was just an incredible performance. But I think Canelo did need that fight to learn something because he went on quite a tear after that. It took him a decade or so to lose a fight after that. Um, in terms of the comeback, we had Davis Garcia earlier this year. We had Haney versus Lomachenko, uh, which was uh, a very in entertaining technical fight. And now we have Earl Spence Jr. against Terrence Crawford. Uh, so it's very exciting. Ultimately, you know, I think boxing has had, you know, the most exposure that it's had in a few years. ESPN's putting on free cards. Their pay-per-views have been, uh, you know, few, but high in quality, nonetheless, for the most part. The Zone offers a pay-per-view model now. I don't know if Matchroom Boxing as a promotion will always be on the Zone. The subscription model hasn't been great for brand awareness. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we have... Those the super fights coming. We have uh, no, a novelty fight like Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. Uh, and that's a great way to bring more awareness to other fighters and get more eyeballs on the sport. So I definitely hope that we continue to see these big boxing super fights happening much more often. That's the episode for today. This 4040 short on the return of the super fights. Uh, th thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe on all uh, platforms where you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify. I love Overcast. It's great for podcasts. It's so organized. Uh, you can also subscribe on YouTube. We have videos of our longer form episodes and shorts as well. Um, and thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Yeah.